darkness of unbelief. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a sad thing, isn't it? I think our boys and girls recognize that. I can remember my back in my own life, too, at times. The special things were going to happen, and you've been waiting for them to happen. And when they finally arrive, you're not able to enjoy them. And maybe it's because you were sick. I'm, I remember a few holidays that are memorable to me just because I wasn't really able to enjoy them because I wasn't feeling well. And a couple of those times were when I was, I was a child. And that, wasn't, that wasn't fun. That was uh, disappointing. And that can happen to us in a lot of different ways. If there's a special event that you don't want to miss because it's something that doesn't come around just every day, it can sadden you, can disappoint you when you're not able to experience that special event. Our boys and girls might have a, a birthday party to attend. And they don't like it when they might have to miss it, or if there's a special place to go, you're disappointed when you can't go, or maybe uh, somebody invites you to their place, and, and you always enjoy their company, you always enjoy being able to go there, uh, but because, as we often say, then I have a previous engagement, you're not able to break that engagement, you're not able to go, and, and that can be a bit of a disappointment. Some of these special things, uh, in fact, might not ever happen again. Or they might not happen for a while, and so we hate it when we miss those things. Well, now ratchet that thought up a bit on the importance meter. And you can understand why the one who knew no sin, who became sin for us, or became sin for his people, is saddened by unbelief. And whether we're talking about unbelief or disobedience, those are sad things. And they're sad, as we see in our passage, even for the Savior of the world, and, and we might say especially for him. It may not even seem sad to the person who is disbelieving the gospel or disobeying the Lord. They don't even realize what a sadness is involved. But whether it's sad for them or not, it's certainly sad for those who see what is, it is that these people are missing. They can see, uh, like Jesus can see, sadness of unbelief. That's, that's the sadness that, that others can see of others who are disobedient or unbelieving. It's a sad moment. And we have a sad moment here with Jesus seeing that. When we hear in our passage here, they didn't know the privileged time that was there, a special moment, the time of visitation. So we focus on two thoughts this morning as we think about the sadness of unbelief. First of all, it's sad because unbelief misses out on Christian peace. And secondly, because unbelief brings dire consequences. So first of all, it's sad when unbelief misses out on Christian peace. Jesus on this Palm Sunday or the day after is, is pondering Jerusalem. He's pondering on Jerusalem, representative of the covenant people of God, particularly the, the leadership of the Jewish people who have consistently opposed him. And as we'll see this evening, are, are plotting to destroy him. And they sought to trap him and to accuse him and to rebuke him. 
and his disciples, as we heard earlier, earlier, tell these people to stop praising. You're going to get us all in trouble. And of course, Jesus says, if they don't praise, then the rocks will cry out. And, and that's the person that's here. This is the worship-worthy person who has come in the name of the Lord, and such is the worship we're called to give him, and even all creation recognizes that. But, but while these people are, are praising that there is peace in heaven because God has reconciled himself to his people in the coming of Jesus, Jesus is focused on those who haven't believed on him and who are missing out on peace. He weeps over it. What that you, even you, had known on this day, the things that make for peace. He's focused on the truth that he will be rejected and crucified according to divine plan. And he's focused on those to whom he came, but who did not receive him. And he declares that they've missed out on peace. Now, peace is a very strong theme, as you probably know, from Luke. Uh, Luke uh, exceeds anybody else in the whole New Testament when it comes to using the term peace. Zechariah quotes in Luke 1 that the Messiah to come would guide us into the way of peace. And of course we know, and the boys and girls remember, the angels, they speak in joy about the coming Lord who is the Savior, who would bring peace on earth on those on whom God's favor rests. And by the grace of God, Praise is given in the coming of Jesus Christ, the Savior, the true Prince of Peace. And, and repeatedly in Luke, and Jesus has said to others, go in peace. Your faith has healed you. Still, <laughs> many have missed out on that peace. And the reason they've missed out on that peace is because they haven't received Jesus. And, and Jesus makes it clear to us in his weeping that that's sad. And that's so sad that, yes, even Jesus Christ weeps. And, you know, sometimes we get the impression that you know, weeping is for babies. Or that no one should ever cry. It's a sign of weakness. No doubt that much weeping takes place in this world. And a lot of it happens because of a person's own unbelief and disobedience. And much weeping takes place because people get victimized by sin. A lot of that going on. But there's also a lot of weeping, you can believe it, that takes place that takes place amongst Christian people, particularly because people, including Christ himself, see the tragically sad nature of unbelief and sin and disobedience. While the weeping, Jesus weeps because he sees what these people are missing. 
they're missing peace on various levels. And we don't have to get too picky here when we're trying to determine what kind of peace of which the Lord is speaking. Are they missing out on peace of heart? Are they missing out on a reconciled relationship with Jesus Christ? Are they, are they missing out on a simpler life? Or put it another way, a, a less complicated life. Because they don't want to walk in God's paths. They'd rather go walk in the ditch. Well, it's all those things, isn't it? And, you know, if there's joy in seeing people walking in the truth, and there is, then, of course, there's sadness in people walking in darkness and falsehood. And if Jesus is saddened by that, if he takes no pleasure in that, then neither does anybody else who carries the name of Christ in his or her heart. You don't take any pleasure in seeing people walk outside the bounds of Jesus. Of course, sin likes to dupe us into thinking that if we if we take the foolish route or we take the sinful route, then we're going to know peace that way. And of course, that's part of sin's nature, isn't it? It convinces us that the fruit is, is good for food and, and it's a delight to the eye when the fruit's deadly. I mean, if it wasn't like that, then why would you go that route? Perception and reality are two different things. We get convinced that there's joy and, and peace and a, and a future for us if we just follow that, that instant gratification path, that wrong path, and if we just follow the path of rebellion and unbelief and wrongdoing. We get convinced by that. So, so we're not going to trust God's Word. We're not going to apply ourselves to our assignments that we have to do and and, uh, and the tasks that we have to do, I mean, they're, they're just too hard. I don't want to do them. I feel like doing them. I, don't, I know, yeah, I know. No pain, no gain. I don't want any pain. Forget the gain. Or, you know, let, let's go get hammered. Let's go, get, let's go party until late in the night. And, and who knows what's going to happen then. But let's, let's let off some steam. Or let's not worship, or let's gossip, or you know, let's let's keep God's people at length, because I just I just leave me alone. Or or let's treat our spouse with disrespect, or let's treat our parents with disrespect and dishonor, or or let's make our children's lives miserable because we make rules for them that are beyond what we should expect. Let's just go our own way because we know it better. Let's not value Christ's saving work. Let's not pray for help. Let's not pray at all. We don't got time for that. Life's busy. And that's the better way to go. And that's sad. 
And it's sad because we, we forfeit so much peace. We sing that song, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our griefs and to bear, what, what a privilege to carry everything to, everything to God in prayer. And oh, what peace we often forfeit, we say. Well, it's not just by not praying, but it's true about unbelief and disobedience in general. Which is why God would tell us too, and you know, the apostles would say that too, right? Focus on what's true and honorable, good report, and the God of peace will be with you. Focus on, on those things. Look, I mean, if there are those here today that today or one day decided that they've had enough of the gospel, they've had enough of the church, they've had enough of the direction of the word, or, or if there are those who aren't here today, who are members, but they don't want to be here because of unbelief and disobedience because they think they can find peace somewhere else besides Jesus Christ, and they'd rather not worship him because they don't know the peace that he gives between themselves and God and, and rest for their souls. You know, if that's true, that's sad. A world that doesn't appreciate the gospel of Jesus Christ and the peace that he gives is a sad world. And yet people will head for other things thinking that, that they will find what they need to straighten out their lives and to bring their peace, but they won't find it there. It, they won't. <laughs> they seek the counsel of the world. They seek their peace there. And I guarantee you that they'll never find it there. Even though they may be convinced by their own self-evaluation that they'll find it someday, if not today. Everybody's looking for peace. Everybody is looking for some kind of gospel. But it's sad when, when people are looking for that peace in all the wrong places. It, it is sad. And I don't say that uh, glibly or in a glossy way. You know, pastorally, you, you, if you dwelt on it all the time, you'd be in tears all the time. You would. Because it's sad when you see it. You take joy when, you know, when you see people walking in the truth and walking genuinely in the truth, you know, and you, there's times when you, you're hoping people are walking in the truth and, and then you wonder and then they disappoint you. You know what that is if you're a Christian and you see that. You see the people who are genuine. You see the people who are phony. You take joy in the people that are genuine. You, you, you're saddened by the people who are phony, and you certainly are saddened by people who just walk away from the gospel. You are. It's sad when people look for peace in the wrong places. And maybe one of you, or maybe there are those out here, you're one of them, or you're looking towards that someday. Well, if you are, the one person who can actually give you the peace that and takes no pleasure in, in seeing you look for it somewhere else is, is Christ. It's, it's sad when you look somewhere else because you're not going to find it anywhere else than in Christ's blood and righteousness. If you're looking somewhere else, it's time to quit. And you need to repent of that wrong pursuit and you need to see the sadness of that ill taken pursuit and you need to change your attitude 
You need to get out of that sad state of affairs. You need Christ. That's who you need. It's a joy if you know Him, and it's sad if you don't. That's the way it is. Not only because of what you miss out on, but because of the consequences of your unbelief. Jesus prophesies about what's going to happen to Jerusalem, and it is not good. What is going to happen to its inhabitants because of rejecting Christ? It's going to be a horrible thing that's going to happen, and it happens within a few decades of Christ's crucifixion. And it points out to us, again, that rejecting Christ has its consequences. Jesus has already spoken about the peace that is missed, but then that means that chaos takes its place. Because when we don't follow Christ and we don't trust Him, when we don't revere Him, chaos awaits. It's at the door. And life's hard enough as it is, and we, when we don't know the Prince of Peace, then it becomes hopeless. We're without God and without hope in the world. And life becomes a mess. We think we're fixing our lives up quite neatly, but we live our lives messy. A few years ago, I attended a conference where one of the speakers said that our society and our nature is such that we in our foolishness believe that, that what we do is nobody else's business but our own, and we're fooling ourselves. I mean, how many people's lives are messed up when we sin? It isn't just ours. It's our families. It's our friends. It's our churches. It's our society. Nobody's business but ours. How much money? I, I think about that in the times that I was in Chicago. I mean, how much money to the point of almost bankrupting the state of Illinois is spent to fix the problems of gang violence? And why is that? Why is that? It's because people don't know what it means to be a family. And they redefine it and they try to find it in, in the gang. Or how many lives are ruined because people think, Little about becoming mothers and fathers and even less about being mothers and fathers from a Christian point of view. And how many people are affected by adultery and thievery and envy and abortion and assault and verbal and physical abuse and a lack of reverence and an appreciation for the holiness and grace of God in Jesus Christ? How many people? Try to count them. Nobody's business but our own? That's a big lie. We reap the whirlwind when we sow the wind. And that's, that's sad. What's saddest of all is that with all the misery that sin brings, there's yet even more dire consequences uh, for our sin and our unbelief if we don't see these as the days of salvation from the wrath of God. However bad and sad and tragic was the judgment that took place at Jerusalem at AD 70. You multiply that by eternity for the eternal judgment that comes for those who find their pleasure and their peace in disbelief and disobedience. The weeping and gnashing of teeth, the lake of fire reserved for the devil and his angels and all that follow in their, their way. Isn't that sad? It's just. It's eternally just when we consider the greatness and the and, and, and the goodness and the holiness of God and His Son and how they are worthy of nothing but our trust and confidence. 
But what a sad end that awaits those who rest in their unbelief, who say, I don't need that holiness and righteousness and salvation and direction of God and His Christ. See, this passage has its purpose in much the same vein as the story about the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16. So that people will come to their senses and they will see how sad life is when we don't receive Christ and appreciate Him and trust Him and rest in Him. A lot of talk about sadness. I could have had the boys and girls, you know, mention how many times I use that word sad. But on the flip side, then, you've got to look at the other side of it, don't you? What a joy, what a peace, what a comfort when we can say in life and in death, by body and soul, we belong to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who comes in the name of the Lord to save a people to himself so that they can know the peace of God and the God of peace. So they can know peace on earth on an earth that finds it so elusive. Let me tell you, and, and I, I guess in a way I don't have to, because if you're a Christian, as I am, when you see unbelief and you see disobedience and you care about that, it's a sad thing. It's a sad way to live. May we find that to be the way it is ourselves. It's a sad way to live. And may, may others find it that way as well, so that we might all know a different life, a changed life, a, a life of joy and peace, because we've known Christ, his salvation, his direction, his peace so that we can have rest for our souls. Because unbelief and disobedience can never give that to us. Amen.